Are you the type of person who enjoys conflict in your relationship? Some people seem to. I think most of us avoid it. I don't like conflict when it comes up, but I do like to kind of press into it and lean into it and see if we can't find a healthy resolution. Uh, we're going to hear more about conflict today with two people that have never had a fight, Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. Uh, never, lead, ever have we. Yeah, they lead the Focus mm-hmm. Marriage team, and you really, I mean, this is something that you two both have experienced, and you have some really great insights about it. And conflict's a pretty crucial element of the marriage relationship, isn't it? It is, but as a peacemaker, it's hard for me because I would much rather, by nature, just avoid, ignore. The other day, I was taking our brand new 15 year old daughter, driver, finally has her permit. And I was in Aaron's car, and Aaron had kind of said, Hey, I mean, obviously, you're not going to let her drive. And I was like, Well, of course not. Well, we get close to our neighborhood. I pull over. Now we're just in the little side streets heading toward our neighborhood. And I told Annie, Hey, you, let's, why don't you try? And so get her driving down the road two right-hand turns. That's all we had to accomplish. And so the last one, she there was a car coming her way, and so she panicked, hit the accelerator, and drove Aaron's car smack into the curb, and the whole tire just blew. Oh, like, it just exploded. It knocked out her alignment, everything. That has been the most expensive Mm-hmm. New driving experience I've ever had. And so then it, I had to face Aaron. Some conflict. Oh, it did. It okay. did. I mean, you're like, laughing about it kind of nervously, so it yeah. sounds like <laughs> that it's still there. Yeah. yeah. Where I am, he's the peacemaker, so he would much rather, you know, maybe not talk about conflict. I know he is convinced that I love conflict. I do not. But I would rather talk about it, like you were Get saying, the issue John. On the table. So we can have peace. We can yeah. be reconnected. And it's just two different styles, which shows up in most marriages. So uh, you had to tell her about the alignment I and did. the tire. I mean, I obviously. And, well, I mean, every time I've taken the car in since, they tell me about the further damage they're discovering as a yeah, result yeah. of the curb incident. We'll talk later in this episode and how we've resolved this. Okay, well, good. I like that. I like that. We'll just move on now to a conversation with a couple who are very transparent about their relationship. Uh, Jason and Tori Benham, they've been here before, and uh, they've joined Jim Daly here to discuss how conflict is actually a chance for them to build a stronger relationship. People hearing you got to say, okay, <laughs> you're reading these books, you're getting your master's in counseling and marriage. Right. What bad. happened, Jason? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. You know, because oh it's a gosh, book knowledge, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And now it's real. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's well. like the people that don't have kids when they see the kids in the grocery store right. you yes. know, having their tantrum. You know, when I have children, my never. kids will never behave <laughs> yeah. like that. And God kind of says, okay, we're going to put that over here for yeah. a little while. <laughs> you know, with my studies, I discovered that with in any unhealthy relationship, it's typically tyranny by the most selfish person. Hmm. So whoever's most selfish in that moment, I happen to be the most selfish person in that moment. And so I literally became a tyrant. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what it became, where I controlled the situation and I wanted to control things. A lot of guys struggle with that. One of the things that's so good, and you know, I think it is a process for young married people to learn, and it sounds like we've all learned this over time, Sometimes it takes some couples longer. Mm -hmm. But this idea that actually conflict, if it's handled well, it can improve 
your relationship. You learn about yourself mm -hmm. and your spouse learns about him or herself. Right. But it has to be seen as growth opportunity. Yes. You know, it's kind of like that mm -hmm. per job performance review. Mm -hmm. Hey, you're doing all these things well. Let me give you a couple things to help you improve uh, mm -hmm. in some areas. And it's kind of like that, right? Where are really some areas that, you know, I'm not doing as well. Uh, speak to that idea of learning through conflict. Well, I think strength comes through strain. So, Jim, if you want muscles as big as John, you know, you're going to have to go get under that, that squat rack. You're going to have to go get under that bench press. I only hope that I can get there. <laughs> but, you know, God, God purifies us in the, in the context of conflict. We're made for conflict. So Tori and I like to say, look, don't mm. stop fighting. Start fighting the right way. Because, I mean, all of us at this table could easily say that marriage is under attack like never before. Oh, the numbers prove it. And Tori and I would say marriage was made for the attack. Huh. God wants it attacked because as your marriage gets attacked and you experience that conflict, those who suffer together stay together. Mm -hmm. It increases your commitment level to each other. Well, and your intimacy emotionally, yeah. spiritually. I mean, you look what happens to you. You take 120 young men and you send them off to boot camp for 12 weeks and, you know, as Marines, and then you send them off to war and they come back a year later, a band of brothers. You know, it's like you've got this, the, the one ring that will always keep you guys bound together as a married couple is not your wedding ring. It's suffering. <laughs> that when you move through that and recognize, you know what, this conflict is not going to tear us apart. Where John looks at his wife tonight and says, you know what, you're not my enemy. And she says to you, you're not my enemy. Satan is the enemy. We're going to defeat him together. He wants us fighting against each other because God has a plan for us to fight against him. And right. we're not going to let that happen right now. Tori, I want, uh, I guess, to, to get your observation on this one. You mm -hmm. mentioned in the book, Jason began traveling a lot. Mm -hmm. You had the young kids at home. Yeah. You were kind of going a little crazy. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> Poor girl. Like, and then he'd probably come home like I would and say, mm -hmm. oh, you wouldn't believe who I met, the president, the senator, right. the whatever, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Note and, to mm -hmm. self, don't mention the steak you eat. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, the juiciest steak. It was the mm -hmm. best restaurant ever. No, you got to come home with a little dour, you know, awful. boy, yeah. it rained every day in New York. <laughs> yeah, right. It was awful. But speak to that, you know, that put you in uh, a funk, really. Yeah. So uh, yeah. help you know, identify that with yeah. other spouses that are mostly at home, yep. uh, working in the home, you might yeah. say. How, how did how did that hit you? And then how did you resolve that conflict? Yeah. Yeah. So when the kids were really little, Jason was traveling a lot and he was gone quite a bit. And, um, you know, I had my whole life, I had had a dream that I would work alongside my husband one day. And that was just always something that I thought we would be moving towards. And when Jason and David started their business and it kind of took them in a different direction, I, I was so busy at home raising kids and homeschooling that I didn't even really think about that dream for a while. I was just, my hands were full and we were busy. And, you know, I, I think that at some point it kind of caught up to me that there, there was an unrealized dream inside of me that was causing me to just uh, causing a lot of sadness really in oh, my heart. Mm -hmm. And so as Jason began to travel, um, I began to kind of pick up these bad habits of dealing with this pain in my heart of him doing a lot of life without me, things not being the way I thought that they were going to be, huh. um, a lot of expectations that weren't really coming true. And and so I, you know, life just was so busy that I just kind of felt like I just had to keep on going. But there was really this real 
deep longing in my heart to be doing more of life with Jason that I began to just feel really sad every time he left. And, uh. and my way of dealing with it was, well, I've just got to get strong. Like Jason's doing great without me. And I'm just like barely holding on without him. I've just got to figure out a way to get stronger. And the way that I did that was to kind of put up a wall between me and Jason because I was trying to be strong on my own. And I, I knew that God was calling him to, to these different things that he was doing. And I didn't want to get into the way of that. And so I just began to build this wall as a coping mechanism for yeah. these just, you know, tough feelings that I was in the sad, this sadness of him doing so much of life without me. Every time Jason would come home, I was just distant and I wouldn't really let him in. And during that time, I was learning about neuroscience and how our brains work and how our thoughts work and how it really fascinating when you look into to neuroscience and to see that our thoughts are they're like pathways. And the more that we think a thought, the more established these pathways in our mind become. So if I think a thought like, I've got to be strong, I got to do this life without Jason, and I begin to think he doesn't need me, and he, you know, um, he's totally fine without me. He, you need to become more independent. All these thoughts, right? But you started creating this pathway that I would go down every time he left. But what that w- was leading me to was not Jason. And I, so I began to bring Jason into this and to say, you know, something's got to change like i feel like i just i just want to distance myself from you to protect myself from the pain in my heart all right aaron well following up on what we heard from the benhams how have you and greg actually found that you grow closer together when you can work through a conflict productively let's take a recent example maybe that we'd brought up maybe about a, a like the tires Aaron's, thing is yeah, that what you're wanting Aaron's car got yeah, destroyed think, the other day yeah well I was going to start with James 1 2 oh yeah um, let's go to the word first <laughs> let's begin with scripture I like that and we could be right. quiet we consider <laughs> trials as an opportunity and so it's all the view that we have as conflict. Often when we think of conflict, we actually are thinking of combat, which we've talked about before on the podcast, that conflict can be something that actually takes us deeper into the connection and the relationship because we learn a whole lot about each other and about our marriage. And specifically around the incident with my car and the tire being blown, um, especially because I had prefaced it all when Greg took Annie to get her permit that I drive an SUV. So I said, hey, she's smaller. And so I said, you know, my car's really big. And especially to learn how to drive, maybe she shouldn't drive my car. So it was just a little suggestion. And not, what, an hour later, she comes into the house sobbing. Mm. And I'm like, oh, no, what happened? (laughs) Yes. So I'm like, Aaron, will you help me change the tire of your vehicle? <laughs> Seriously, you asked her to help you change the well, tire? Well, I did need some help oh, wow. to do it because it's such a big vehicle. Yes, yes. And what, what's typical, though, is usually in those moments, I start to defend myself. I instantly start to explain, listen, I heard what you said. I waited until we got into our neighborhood to where I thought it was super safe and just two right-hand turns to get home. And so what what often then happens, then that only leads to more thoughts, opinions, feelings from Aaron, and thus now we're in kind of our our conflict cycle versus really being, what I'm working on, and I just told this to Aaron just a couple days ago, is you had asked me, like, what's 
oh, we were on a date, and Aaron brought some questions, like that she pulled offline, and one of them was, what What do you hope for our marriage over the next year? And I said, yeah, I really want to get good at this repairing conflict thing. I said, it, I, I go so quickly to defend myself, and I'm really working on that. But that that day as we were talking about her car and the blown tire, yeah, I instantly start to defend myself, so it's frustrating to Aaron. But what I'm learning, though, is if if I can just connect with God first and just get my heart right, get my mind right, just ask for His strength, because the reality is as much as I keep trying to do the right thing, just I'm human, and in my humanity, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably always defend myself. But what I notice is when, when I take a moment to say, okay, God, you know, I need to repair this. I need to have this conversation with Aaron. Just help, give me the strength yeah. to listen and not to defend myself. And often I don't do that. I, I think, well, I know this stuff, and we talk about it all the time. I know the right answers. I can do this, and and I fail. So it's slowing down and doing what Jason said yeah. in the clip there. It's fighting God's way, right. the right way. Yes, and I would say one of the number one things that I hear consistently from couples is, you know, we have this conflict, but we try to come back and talk about it. It doesn't go well. So then we just go our separate ways, and we don't bring it up again. And all I can say is it's so key to continue trying, keep trying and, you know, go back to the Lord, let him deal with you, Mm -hmm. get your heart back open, come back again, you get triggered, go back to God, come back and, and just work so you can repair what's happened because it's worth it. it. It restores unity. And that's such a big deal for a marriage. Yeah, don't don't give up. No, in in what was good after we kind of had the initial skirmish, to where it just didn't go well. Defending, she's frustrated. Um, I came back then and said, "Hey, tell me what was that like for you?" That's when I was really able to hear her going. You know, I really felt ignored. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like I was pretty clear I didn't want her at this point in time to drive my car, and yet you allowed that just to spend time just caring about that. I mean, there wasn't a solution at that point. I mean, the car was damaged, the but, tire was but blown. At that, but at that point, you heard right. Aaron's heart. Right. Yes. And that's how you repair. You just lean in and care about how that felt. And then from there, I've paid for a lot of damage repair. Sounds like you're <laughs> continuing to pay for it financially, but not relationally, and that's the key. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we had a circumstance the other day where I just had to say, that's it? We're done? No, we need to... I need some sort of closure here on this conversation. And she said, really? And and I said, yeah, I do. And so we got that little conflict resolved. The next time we had a conflict, she had that in mind. And she's like, well, we need to come to a, some point of closure for you, don't we? I said, yes, we do. Well, that's good. So after all these years, we're still learning this stuff. And to your point, Erin, don't give up. Yes. Keep working on it because this can be relationally strengthening if you work at it. Well, we have lots of great resources for you here at the ministry to figure out and uh, to grow through conflict. The Benhams have a terrific book that is really just about conflict and so much more. It's called Beauty in Battle, and it's going to help you strengthen your marriage. Uh, Get a copy of that book from Focus on the Family when you make a donation to the ministry today. Uh, we'd especially ask you to prayerfully consider being a sustainer, a monthly pledge partner to uh, Focus. But if you're not in a spot to do that, make a one-time gift. Either way, contribute to the work here 
and we'll send the book. All the details are in the show notes. Uh, when you're at the episode page, we also have uh, a link to a free article called Unity in Marriage, and uh, it's a short read, but it really can be a, a great uh, discussion starter for you and your spouse, and uh, that link is in the show notes as well. Next time, Jason and Tori Benham are back with a principle they call the three R's for battling temptation. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team here, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.